0: So Money Episode Six Hundred Four: Michelle Schroeder Gardner, founder of Making Sense of Sense. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a thirty-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. Welcome. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. She hated writing as a student and now has an award-winning blog that's en route to generating $1.5 million this year. She's 27 and she has a goal to retire by 30. Michelle Schroeder Gardner is the founder of Making Sense of Sense, a blog that she launched when she was $40,000 in debt. It was like many bloggers, a creative outlet for her while working as a financial analyst. The success of the blog has allowed her to become a solopreneur. She and her husband now travel the country in their RV. And on the podcast, Michelle shares how she managed to build a seven-figure blog, how she saves 90% of her income, the dynamics of being the breadwinner in her marriage and her plans to retire in just a few years. Here's Michelle Schroeder Gardner. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to today. Where am I catching you right now? I know that you're kind of a a nomad. You and your husband travel all over. Yeah, um,
1: we actually just arrived at a campground near Glacier National Park in Montana just a few days ago. Um, Before that, we were just on a 10-day sailing trip around the British Virgin Islands. Um, And for the summer, we just plan
0: on hanging out in the mountains pretty much. How do you decide where you're headed? Is it... uh... Premeditated? You just sort of like decide on the go. Um,
1: it's really a mixture. We like to follow the weather as much as we can. Um, but occasionally we'll go home back to Missouri or somewhere in the Midwest for a wedding or some kind of family get together. But for the most part, we just follow the weather and just try to stay in the mountains in the summertime and somewhere near the desert or around the desert in the wintertime.
0: Such is the life when you are self-employed. And I want to talk about your financial success right out of the gate. Let's talk about the fact that you made just shy of a million dollars recently in a year. And you started out in your career earning around 50 grand a year. You had a little bit of debt as well. Tell us how you so quickly escalated your income. Yeah. um, So it all
1: started back in August of 2011. I started making sense of sense um, basically for myself. I started as a hobby. I didn't even know that Blogs or financial blogs can make money back then. I started it just so I could track my financial progress, uh, join the personal finance community because I noticed how welcoming they were and how everyone else was paying off their debt and doing really well financially. Um, around six months after I started my blog, a blogging friend of mine asked me, Hey, do you want to make a little bit of money off of advertising something on your blog? and back then I didn't know that blogs could make money or how they made money so I was like sure yeah tell me what to do and she helped me along and told me what to do so I could slowly make money blogging so I made my first hundred dollars blogging after six months of blogging so there's definitely a lot of work that went into it Um, but then after that everything quickly grew from there Um, I think my third year I made a hundred and twenty thousand for my blog my fourth year I made 320,000. And then last year I tripled that to 980,000. Um, and this year I'll probably make around 1.5 million from my blog and from other blogging related businesses, uh, activities that I do. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely grown exponentially over the years and it's, I'm actually working less than I used to. Um, in the beginning I was working like 100-hour weeks on my blog. And right now, I'm working anywhere from uh, 10 hours a week to 40 hours a week. It really varies, but it's definitely not as much as I used to.
0: Would you say that a lot of the strategy is understanding the marketing behind marketing the blog, but also marketing your products and your services?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Over the time, it definitely gets easier, I feel like. when you first start out blogging, I mean, blogging is not something that you can exactly learn in school. So there's a ton of learning that comes along with it. You need to learn how to market your blog, how to reach followers, how to write better for your audience and other things like that. So over time, things have gotten easier. And when more people know about your blog, obviously uh, word of mouth is a big
0: thing. So that definitely helps over the years as well. You're the breadwinner in your relationship. You actually uh, gave a nod to when she makes more recently on your blog. Uh, how do you find being a female breadwinner in your relationship? Was it everything you thought it would be or what are the challenges, if any? Um, I don't think there's
1: any challenges between the two of us. I would say it's mainly just what other people perceive. Um, since we're RVers, the average RVers is a little older than us. Um, you don't really meet too many RVers that aren't retired. So the, the average RVer definitely has a different viewpoint and they'll point it out jokingly like oh she's the breadwinner um, and stuff like that we have an RVing couple who where the woman does all the driving and they're constantly being pointed out like hey everyone come over here watch look at them like the woman's driving like they're so, danger. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I mean it's
0: it's a little different since we're in the RVing community but uh, for the most part everyone's very supportive and so it seems like there's a generational misunderstanding or a lack of understanding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did you guys decide to be nomadic? I mean, it's one thing to find someone that you love and you want to partner up with and you get married, but it's another to really also both equally want to travel as part of your lifestyle. Is there any end game here? Do you guys want to settle down at some point? Where would that be? Um.
1: Yeah. Well, we used to own a house in near St. Louis, Missouri. We owned that house for about five to six years. And towards the last few years of owning the house, we were constantly traveling um, out of our Jeep pretty much. So we would go to campgrounds, uh, dog-friendly hotels and other places. And just living out of the Jeep with the dogs was a little more difficult. So we eventually got an RV, sold the house. And traveling in an RV is definitely a lot easier and more enjoyable because you can bring your whole home with you everywhere you go. You don't have to worry about forgetting something or not packing something in your suitcase, which is really, really nice. Um, And the amazing views outside of all our windows every day are great as well. Um, I don't know when we will settle down in a house again. Um, It'll probably be a long time from now. Our next plan is to live on a sailboat after this and then probably some backpacking and bike touring and other things like that. Um, So it'll probably be at least a decade or two
0: before we officially settle down again do you save a ton of money with this lifestyle with all this traveling there's probably expenses that you wouldn't have if you were in a home but at the same time you don't have a mortgage or rent
1: um well it's actually pretty similar um The house that we used to own was really affordable and our RV actually cost three times the amount of the house that we used to own. So um, we definitely don't save money in that area. And we're spending more money on food because we like to go to new places and try out like, oh, the top restaurant on TripAdvisor in the area or whatever. And so I would say that you could do it cheaper, but we aren't doing it the cheap way. I guess you would call us more like a luxurious RVer instead of the uh,
0: frugal Glampy. type. <laughs> you guys
1: like glamp, right? Yeah, we, we're glampers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so last year you earned 979000 This year you're saying approaching $1.5 million. When it comes to saving your money, do you have a philosophy? Do you save half? Are you guys trying to retire, quote-unquote, retire early? Uh, how do you look at that income and understand how to stack it, how to prioritize it. Do you have a spending budget? Like tell us a little bit about the inner workings of that income.
1: Yeah. Um. So we save over 90% of our income. So a lot of people think it's weird that we live in an RV. Um. I, I often get the question, you make over a hundred thousand a month. Why would you live in an RV? Like you'd have to be crazy to do that. Um. But no, we, we love RVing. We love, we're happy even though we're saving over 90% of our income. Um, So we're just saving as much as we can, and the plan is to retire before we're 30 if we want to. Basically, the plan is just to have enough saved just in case anything happens in the future. We just want the stability and the comfort of having enough saved, especially since we can save it. So it just makes sense, too.
0: And does your partner work with you on the blog, or does he have his own income stream?
1: Um, He works with me on a blog a little bit, but his main thing is that he does... All the RVing stuff. He drives us, takes care of the RV, uh, cleans, helps out around the house. And then the main thing is that he forces me to stop working occasionally because I'm so into my work. So he will
0: uh, – he's basically in charge of the fun part of our lives. <laughs> what motivates you? Is it the dollars and cents? In other words, next year – you're saying this year on track to make um, $1.5 Is it, Is next year's goal to make $3 million? Do you have – financial goals for yourself, earning goals, or are you okay plateauing at some point? This is a lot of money, some would say, for a couple that doesn't have kids and doesn't have a mortgage, uh, but that I don't know your goals. So tell us a bit about what your financial goals are.
1: Yeah, um, so I actually... I'm not super strict when it comes to financial goals for the business. My financial goal for 2017 for the business was just to earn one million. And a lot of people said, well, you made almost one million last year. Like, why wouldn't you increase it? Well, my main goal for 2017 is to actually improve my work life balance. So I didn't want the year to be focused on earning money. I just wanted to wanted it to happen. If it happened, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, My main goal for the year is just to be able to take a break from the blog like take a full day off Not feel like I have to answer every single email every single moment. It comes in um, and just to really enjoy the day That's my main
0: goal Talk about some of the behind the scenes of that work-life balance. How are you focused on that?
1: usually I'll work for a few hours in the morning, answering emails, catching up on anything that might need my attention right away. And then usually I like to use a good chunk of the daylight hours towards, um, exploring wherever we are, going on a hike, bringing the dogs on a long walk. Um, currently we're in Montana and the sun rises at 5:30 AM and it's light out until about like 10:45 PM here. So, um, daylight hours definitely aren't a problem. So, I've just been kind of working throughout the day off and on and then just uh, exploring in the in between times. But usually I'll use the daylight hours to explore and then early morning and nighttime hours to work.
0: You're very transparent about your income. On your blog, you talk about it, you have the income report, you list how you made the money. And I believe I read that I think it was Forbes read an article about like this twenty seven year old made almost a million dollars and most people you said thought the person behind that story was a man yeah <laughs> what, what have you learned about gender and money and our expectations throughout all of this?
1: I would definitely say like times are changing and more people are realizing that women could be the breadwinners, and lots of women are the breadwinners and I've recently read a statistic where it said um, like fifty percent of women in relationships are actually the breadwinners, so I definitely think that the amount is increasing um for us that article was super interesting because a lot of people thought that i that my name was misspelled on forbes a lot of people thought like oh you meant to write michael and they weren't just joking they were actually being being real yeah and so yeah i don't know i i think it's changing for the better
0: (laughs) i think so too i think that look back on this my hope is that we'll look back on this period in our history when there where there is this paradigm shift this economic shift really happening and think you know we were making much ado about nothing you know and it's just going to become the norm and it doesn't really matter who makes more in a relationship you just have to reassign your intentions and your purpose and make everyone feel significant in the in as far as a provider in the relationship because sometimes Let's be honest. Sometimes people attach their self-worth to their net worth or their ability to financially provide. And if that's not necessary or required of them, they can be become a little uh, shaken up, right? Like I don't really know what my purpose is anymore, but if if you're conscious of it, hopefully you can reroute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At what point did you both decide this was the lifestyle you wanted to pursue? Because really it's, Maybe you could have afforded it having a full-time job, And if you have a full-time job, you're tethered to an office. So really, this is only the kind of lifestyle that would be manageable um, as an entrepreneur. But at what point did you decide we wanted to move on and move out and move about?
1: We actually know a lot of people who still have a full-time job while RVing full-time. Um, that's actually something that's changing a lot in today's world. Um, but for us, I would definitely say running your own business makes it easier because you can enjoy every single day instead of working eight to five Monday through Friday while RVing. Um, for us, RVing just made sense since we were traveling in the Jeep, which was much more difficult and it was still fun, but the RV is definitely more enjoyable. Um, being able to work from the RV for wherever we are is definitely a lot easier and a lot more
0: fun. When people look at your trajectory and how much success you've had in your twenties. Do you really think that this can be replicated? And if you do, what would be your advice to somebody who says like, I want to be Michelle in three years. Um, Maybe they're not writers. I don't like blogging. Is there something else they can do? They want to essentially get rid of their debt make a lot of money and have a lifestyle on their own terms.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, For me, I didn't even know that blogging was for me. Um, I'm sure my English teachers back in school would laugh at uh, the fact that I write for a living now because back then I hated writing and I definitely did not try very hard, especially when it came to like writing papers and stuff like that. Um, So my first tip would be to just try different things, see what interests you, see what you like. Um, You really won't know if you like something or if it's possible for you unless you jump in and you take a little unless you try
0: at it. So that would definitely be my first tip. Yeah, just try for something. Get outside of your comfort zone. Writing was definitely not within your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. But you have an MBA. So I feel like you approach the blogging world with very much a business sense, sensibility, right? Yeah, my
1: MBA definitely did help. Um, It taught me how to not exactly how to market a blog, but how to market a business, how to reach an audience, how to appeal to different people. Um, It taught me how to research blogging better, how to
0: uh, learn about blogging. Um, it, It definitely helped me a lot. All right, Michelle, I asked this of all my guests on the show. What's your financial philosophy? I'm sure you have many thoughts about money. You have a blog. You're very prolific when it comes to sharing your ideas around money. But what would you say is your overarching money mantra?
1: Um, one thing I always like to tell people is that for life to be enjoyed, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg. A lot of people think that you have to be rich or have a lot of money in order to enjoy life. However, I just don't think that's true. We spend less than we did when we were younger on entertainment. Um, in fact, our favorite purchase every year is our $80 National Parks Pass that we buy so that we can explore different landscapes all over the United States. Um So I just like to always tell people, you can enjoy life on a budget. You don't have to spend all your money, take on debt or anything like that. Um, You just have to think about what your goals are in life and just realize that you can have fun on a budget.
0: You certainly can. What's been the most fun you've had on your RV journey so far? What's been the best place you've visited and why?
1: Um, we like pretty much everywhere that we've gone. Our favorite states, though, are Colorado in the mountains, Utah, somewhere in the high desert, and then Arizona in the desert as well. And then, of course, I like the beaches along the West Coast. So,
0: <laughs> Have you ever felt that you failed at something financially? I mean, you have the student loans. I wouldn't call that a failure. In fact, you were able to pay those off very quickly. But is there something that you feel like, you know... I that that wasn't my gold star moment. It was maybe a regret, a financial boo-boo. See, I would say a part of the
1: student loans were a financial failure of mine, um, just because... I wasn't smart with that. I could have, I was working full-time all throughout college, so I could have put money towards college, but instead I just thought debt was normal, that student loan debt was normal, so I took out student loans. I kept reading statistics like, oh, the average person has thirty to $40,000 in student loan debt. So I kept thinking, well, if everyone else can do it, then that must be manageable for me, and I thought of debt that way back then. And that was definitely a huge mistake. Um, when I received my first Student loan payment on my student loans um, they were
0: very large and very overwhelming, and that was definitely a big mistake of mine as I said earlier you 're very transparent about your finances what's some of the strange feedback you may have gotten over the years as a result of putting it all out there? I imagine there's a lot of support for what you're doing, but maybe also some i don 't know some some criticism what's uh, what, what what is the reaction that you get when you do this
1: um well. A lot there's definitely a lot of support, but occasionally I will receive an email or a comment from someone who thinks it's really odd that I would talk about money on a blog at all. Um, I recently wrote about this on my and blog yet they found about, you online on your yeah. blog yeah and
0: they're curious about it. what?
1: Yeah, I recently wrote about this in a blog post titled, uh, Why is talking about money more taboo than talking about sex? Um, in there, I talked about how um, people are seven times more likely to t- tell someone that they have an STD over telling someone how much money that they make, which I think is very, very odd. Um <clears throat> So I don't know. That would definitely be the number one thing. People think it's odd that I talk about money. They think it's really weird that I would publish income reports. Um, But for the most part, there's been a lot of support. Definitely not that much uh, hate or dislike on the income reports or the open money talks.
0: Hmm. I have gotten occasional remarks where people don't like when I talk about, for example, how much I spend on things or the fact that I could pay off my car loan if I wanted to. I find that that's really odd that people instead wouldn't be excited for you, supportive of you. And I do wonder if there is a gender divide on that because most people who are reporting their incomes and their revenue streams online, I know many of them, they're guys. And they get high fives over it. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. women being very pro, like outwardly outspoken about money and their their success with money, it's, it's a little harder to hear, I think. I don't know, for some reason. And I'm generalizing, but I, I've been at the brunt of it as well. And I don't think that my male podcasting colleagues probably would get the same kind of grief. And so, uh, tell yeah, us about I think so. tell us about a financial habit that you practice that you and your husband perhaps practice to keep your you know to keep you guys saving ninety percent of your income. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Um. So one thing I do, um, I don't know if I would say it's healthy or unhealthy. Sometimes it could be unhealthy. Would be I like to look at my finances a lot. So I will look at my net worth more than once a month. So that that might be a little bit unhealthy, but I like to see how I'm doing making sure that I'm aware of how the financial situation is going see what needs to be fixed Um, I'm always just trying to better myself and better our
0: financial habits so
1: by looking at it I can see what I've done wrong and correct it
0: right away that's great I think that that's amazing just think about people who want to lose weight right we get really obsessive with the scale yeah get on that scale we figure out you know how much do we need to lose? How was the weekend? Did we gain weight? Did we lose weight? Can I have that piece of cake today? If not, you know, like I feel like we need some sort of metric, right? And if you're constantly re- looking at that metric, that benchmark, it's, if anything, it's going to just make you more aware and awareness is very productive. Let's do some so many fill in the blanks. This is when I start a sentence and then you finish it. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. If I won the lottery, you don't play with the lottery, do you? No. No. (laughs) If you did win, let's say, maybe not the lottery, but like someone just gave you like a publisher's clearinghouse check (laughs) for $25 million, what would you do? Would you change anything about your lifestyle? What would be the first thing you would do?
1: I don't think I would change anything. Honestly, I'd be really boring and I'd probably save a lot of it. And I'd probably find ways to responsibly help like friends and family
0: members around me.
1: Um, but I'd probably be pretty boring with it because life's pretty good right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, have family and friends come out of the woodwork and been asking for money? I feel like that's that happens to people. If it's perceived to be a lot of money by anyone, they may come and ask you for some.
1: Yeah, it's it's happened. That's why responsibly helping others is what I would really enunciate
0: there. <laughs> yeah. One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is...
1: RVing.
0: <laughs> did you grow up wanting to do this?
1: No, I actually did not. Up until we, so we started RVing almost two years ago. It'll be two years and like five days or something. Um, before then, I'd actually had never been in an RV. So yeah, it definitely wasn't
0: something that was on my mind. You've probably gotten really good at downsizing and making your life efficient because you don't have a lot of room.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's we don't spend as much as we used to because we have to think about oh well, where's that going to go?
0: Exactly, so, which makes it easier to save ninety percent because you can't you can't you don't have room for stuff.
1: Yeah, if we get something, then we have to get rid of something. Right. So.
0: One thing I splurge on. So, what's a good splurge? You guys said you like to eat out, try out sorts of top restaurants, but something else.
1: Um. So yeah, those are. De- Those would definitely be two splurges. Another one would probably be our Jeep. Um, We spend a lot of money on our Jeep so that we can go off-roading in it and uh, camp further away in it as well.
0: One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up, we didn't even talk about your childhood, but I'm curious to know what your experience with money was as a kid.
1: So... I didn't learn a ton about money as a kid, mainly just through watching my parents handle money. Uh, My mom isn't the greatest with money and my dad was actually really good with money. So watching that dynamic play out uh, definitely influenced my money behaviors. I would say that one thing I wish I had known about money when I was growing up was to not let money control you. Um, I saw how money controlled everyone around me. And I think that's why I'm so obsessive about checking my finances. It's because it's kind of controlling me. So that's definitely one thing I'm still working on, like me controlling money instead of money controlling me.
0: Right. And last but not least, I'm Michelle Schroeder-Gardner. I'm so money because...
1: Because I paid off $40,000 in debt in seven months. I now have a business that I love. I can retire whenever I
0: want. And I RV full time. I love it. I'm looking forward to catching you maybe in a year from now and see how things have gone, all the places you've been, maybe any pivots you've made in your business. Congratulations, Michelle. High five. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Drive safely. Thanks so much to Michelle for stopping by. If you'd like to learn more about her, check out making makingsenseofsense.com. Michelle is on Twitter at Sense of Sense. That's S-E-N-S-E of C-E-N-T-S. If you missed any of this, just hop over to somoneypodcast.com where you can download the episode, read the transcript, and leave me a question for our Friday episodes. Just click on Ask Farnoosh, and I'm still looking for co-hosts for those Friday episodes. Keep your inquiries coming. Let me know if you're interested in joining me on an upcoming Friday show. Go to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, And instead of leaving me a question, let me know that you want to co-host and we'll get in touch. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money.